Well, good morning, Steve. It's great to be with you again. And thank you for hopping on all the way from Marshall, Texas. Um, this is your host, Sean Smith. For those that are hopping on now or hopping on later, we are not live. Obviously, we're recording Steve and I, but so we're I'm never. Alive. I'm alive. What's the deal? What are you talking about? <laughs> not quite like that. Um, oh, oh, okay. Yes, we, we, um, we have somebody, I, I read somewhere that they said, put your hand on your heart this morning. And if you, if it's still beating, you've got purpose in, in, in the land. So, um, I really believe that we've got purpose, but it's great to have you alive with us, Steve. That's right. Yeah. You're looking, I mean, every time I see you, you're looking a little better, you know, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's a slimming leather jacket in this freezing cold yeah. studio and, here. And it's not so orange. I think the orange. <laughs> yeah, the orange kind of got to got to you, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the Aros man was. I got a, I got on my wrapper my wrapper shirt today. So. Whoa! Look at that. Yeah. I mean, By just... the blood of Jesus, you've been made nigh to the Father on the throne to boldly say hi, to give them all your questions and cares. You know that He cares for you. He numbers your hairs. Anyway. There you go. Well. I mean, you, you should be a preacher, man. Yeah, well, they call me the plain white rapper. <laughs> the, the plain white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you Laugh are oh, well. Okay, so, Steve, yesterday we, um, <clears throat> we, uh, <laughs> I, okay, so for our audience, um, yesterday Steve and I, we started talking about what we're going to do today. So I said, Steve, you got to, Fast and pray all night to um, to uh, come up with a super revelation today for, with with me and uh, and uh, and that began our conversation. So your answer was, oh, I don't even remember what my answer was. <laughs> I used to do that. I mean, that was the deal. I mean, that was that was yeah. the answer. Oh, that, that was, was the answer? answer. Yeah. I mean, if you. If you had anything for me to do on Saturday, even my family knew this. You don't, you don't do anything on Saturday because I'm preparing for Sunday morning. You know, I'd go to the wee hours of the night, and uh, you know, if anybody disturbed me, you know, I'd be cranky with them. So, you know, th and that's a great setup for a son of God to <laughs> just push people off. You know, hey, I'm with God. You know, don't bother me. And uh, I just. I look back on it now and I'm thinking, what in the world was I thinking? What was I doing? You know, mm. I mean, it was so religious. It was so full of not life. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was poison is what it was. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, how do you even give anything of life the next day? To the, well, you give them what you know at that point. Yeah. yeah. But why is it that, um, you know, this, the, I mean, initially when, when I first started in ministry, uh, 40 years ago, it was like the big thing is like having this like message. I mean, you've got to have a message. A, right, right. You know, cutting edge, it's got to be the cutting edge message of the hour, you know. And right. I, I mean, you asked Michelle, she, that's, she said to me, because we, we planted our first church back in 1985. And, uh, and all I knew is that my pastor, what he would do is exactly that. Oh, yeah. Cut himself off. He built his own little room with double doors and double windows and everything in South Africa, you understand? So um, where he could isolate himself from, 
from um, all the noise and distraction and just focus on his message and practice his message. And, um, and I, you know, so that's what I did when we first started ministry. I would, <laughs> we didn't have kids. We just married. Michelle, we go move to Cape Town to plant our first church. <laughs> Michelle's going, I want to go to the beach. Beach? No. We need yeah. the anointing of God. We need, we need to pray. And I, so I had this outside little um, room and toilet. So I, I made a seat on the toilet and I would sit in there preparing all day and praying. And uh, yeah, nothing, nothing. Didn't your legs fall asleep? I mean, if I sit on the toilet more than 10 minutes, my feet fall asleep. And I put a nice seat in it. Oh, oh okay. So I had all myself. Right. And, um, and then because, you know, I, um, what's his name? Um, I heard Yonggi Cho, you know, he, he spends oh yeah, like hours and, and I thought, well, I've got to do this. Well, needless to say, you know, I became religious. Right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear God. I got bored. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I, it, it just didn't work for me. No. Yeah. Didn't work. Well, that's the, that's the sadness is that we think, just like we were talking about a few minutes ago, I said, man, it's too bad we didn't turn this thing on while we were talking about this. But we've taken on a culture of a, it's a religious culture, religious culture of Christianity. Yeah. And it has no, nothing to do at all with the kingdom of God. It has to do with a, with a certain type of culture that we've <laughs> learned and we begin to propagate then. Uh, just like I said, you know, uh, told you the story about, uh, the fellowship that we were involved in, uh, we were down there in South Africa and, and none of the ladies had padded bras. I mean, I don't know what they had. I didn't really pay any attention, but so we came back here and, and because the one gentleman was kind of offended because, uh, it was a little cold in the room and, the and, uh, uh, he saw a lot more than he thought he should see. So we sent we sent boxes of padded bras down to the churches down there. And consequently, we, we were trying to influence or change a culture that it, you know, nothing, it didn't bother them. Why should it, why should I put you under what bothers me? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If it doesn't bother God, why should it bother me? Yeah. So I guess that's the thing. Um, just like a lot of things, people say, well, now, once you're born again, now you got to quit smoking. Um, unless the Lord talks to you about that, why would I put you under a law again when you've just found liberty? Hmm. I mean, yeah, smoking is bad for you. Yeah, I mean, drinking. I, but, but the thing is, is I'm not going to bring you back under a law in order to make you walk this Christian walk. It's, it's, it's a relationship with your father. And if, uh, if he brings you that, then I'm more than happy to help you. But otherwise, why do I try to put somebody under what I think is proper for you? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the same thing with you and I, you know, just trying to get up a message. <laughs> why do I have to, why do I have to worry about a message? Why not as a son of God come into the room, find out what Christ is doing right then with those people and speak to that? Why can't I do that? Yeah, exactly. It's uncomfortable. But you see, in fact, I was listening to somebody. I was listening to an audio book the other day. And he said, you know, what, what has happened is we, we've actually become 
topical, topical minded. We've got That's to have true. topics instead of, and, and what it's, it's done is it's, it's, um, it's developed a culture of insecurity, immaturity. And um, rather than taking the word of God and studying, not studying, but reading the word, catching the spirit of the word, understanding, you know, getting the wisdom of the word, the revel the revelation within ourselves of the word instead of topical revelations. Right. And so and the, but why why are we propagating this thing that every week we've got to come up with some message that's gotta be like so unique, so good, so amazing. Yeah. Well, even like with uh, you and I, you know, you were joking about it yesterday as far as, you know, just trying to find something to talk on. The, the thing that has the most life for us is to find out, is to just talk, is to just converse with one another. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of this well spring a living water. And um, just like Jesus was at the well uh, with that lady and... Um, she said, I have need of a drink, or he said, I have need of a drink. And she says, well, the water, the well is deep, you know, too deep and nobody can draw from it type of thing. And so he says, yeah, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd be able to know that I, you know, I am the wellspring of living waters, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the thing is, is that there is such a, there's such a well in other people. There's such a well in me. And I don't, I, for some reason, I feel like I have to give them a piece of my mind rather than finding out rather than just speaking out of the well that's what's life it's a wellspring of living water if it comes from here it's not living water if it comes from here that wellspring it's living water and that's i guess that's the difference to me now uh <laughs> for what the last 20 some odd years maybe <laughs> uh not to go in you and i've talked about this before not to go in where I now have a series, you know, a 12 tape series in my head, but go in with what do these people need right now? Where are they at? What is it that Christ is speaking to them? Even in the business sector, what is it that as a son of God right now, I'm bringing to them and what do they need right now? It's not, what do I know? It's what do they need? And that's where there's a whole change of mentality where now I'm a servant as opposed to somebody who's just coming in with all the answers. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I feel like, first off, we, we have a problem of, we're trying to be unique. We're trying to stand out. We, there's a lot of ambition, unfortunately, in the ministry. And right. so what we try and do is try and impress with our knowledge. We try and impress, but the, the word of God is clear that knowledge puffs up, you know, uh, in right. and so where love edifies. And I think that is the difference. That's now, true. That's good. You know, it's like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, but so, you know, we can't, we, we, we've got to stop, get, we've got to get off the little soapbox of trying to, impress people trying to draw the crowd trying to be the standout one with the greatest revelation in fact sometimes i think we just need to shut up about all our great revelation because the people haven't even and i'm not not to make a separation at all but we our job 
really is to equip the saints for work and ministry. That, that's right. it. So it, are we equipping in love? That's what we've got to be talking about. That's what we've got to be thinking about. Not trying to impart new revelation where everybody's going, wow, what a message. Right. And at the same time, I, I really believe that if we spend time in the word, we, we have to, as if you're a gifted person that is communicating, um, the, in 1 Peter chapter 4, it talks about those that speak, let them speak as the oracles of God. And those right. that serve, let them serve in the strength of God that all God gets the glory in everything. So if you're an orator that you're speaking, at, you speak as the oracles of God. In other words, speak from the word, right? Speak from the spirit of the word that right. you understand to edify people. But so you can't come up and get up. And that's another thing that I noticed that people get up and they're so full of Themselves. sense knowledge. They, oh, they actually, yeah, yeah. you know, so now they're trying to pull this major a topic out the bag, something that like is profoundly, wow, you know, and the fact is, is when you listen to them, there's actually no depth there. There's no depth of the word. Um, and I, you know, when I listen to somebody who's got depth of word, they're not normally trying to impress anybody. They just uh, edifying the body, equipping the body with the word they understand. Right. It's interesting. I, I had a dream in the middle of the night last night and I awakened uh, and it was kind of the same scenario we're talking about right now, uh, which is kind of odd. I was in somebody, I knew that I was supposed to be co co-worker with this guy. Uh, he got up and he just began to speak. And um, as he began to speak, I'm thinking, I, I kept thinking in my heart, there's, there's a work to be done here, not just a message to be heard. Yes. There's something that the Holy Spirit wants to do to work this in the people as opposed to just listening to something again, somebody's idea about something. Yeah. And um, uh, he began speaking about a gas leak in the, in the building, you know, and there are hundreds of people in this place. And I was just kind of sitting toward the back. And so finally he gets in this little vehicle. It's uh, like a gas sniffing vehicle. <laughs> he drives to the back. Well, he disappears. So anyway, I get up there and I start to, I start to talk. And uh, just as far as bringing that, um, bringing that work of the Holy Spirit to change, to change the position of where they were. And uh, s several people shouted out, You've only got five minutes, you know, before 12, you know, it was time to, time to go eat. And, uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very aware then and very paced about what time it was. I became, I became so mindful of a certain time frame and everything else. And basically right at, right at five minutes, everybody started getting up and leaving. And I'm standing there, you know, with a handful of people now out of a hundreds that, that want to, want to know or want to move with that, um, not with the power of the spirit, but with whatever it was, the work that was being done in them. And, uh, when I awakened this morning, I realized that, uh, my wife always says one thing, she, she says, um, 
uh, that Israel, um, it's not so much the fault of the leaders a lot of times, it's a fault of, of the people that say, God, give us a king like all other nations. They, want, they don't want that um, training. They don't want that equipping. They, don't, they want you to do it. Yeah. Moses, you go up to the mountain and hear from God. Yeah. And they're trying to make somebody a Moses or a king or a whatever, as opposed to realizing that you are a king and a priest. Yeah. You know, you are. Yeah. And so you go up on the mountain, you find out what God's saying, and then bring that to everybody else around us. Yeah. And um, that's what we're to be training and equipping people to do, is, is to be that king and priest unto their God, as opposed to, well, I'm going to be your king and priest again. I'm... Um, you know, like, like in Star Wars, Luke, I am your father. You know, I mean, it's not, you know, that fatherhood principle thing again, uh, but that not to take that place anymore, but to lift them. Like you said earlier, edify. Mm. We're there to edify them, lift them up, bring them to a place of stature in fullness of Christ. Yeah. Not, not say, Hey, look at me. I'm in fullness of stature of Christ. It's to bring them to that. Yeah. I, and I think that's where, where the, the shift took place and you know over over time and right. I think it goes back to the middle ages when when the whole priesthood was um elevated to right on the people and right. it was the laity who weren't allowed to read the bible and weren't allowed to pray and you know had to pay their way through a priest who right their intercessor kind of thing and right. and i think that whether we acknowledge it or not, but we've propagated that in one form, modern form or another over time. Right. Because, I, you know, I was in a, uh, in a fellowship in, um, in England where you did not know um, who the lead person was. That's if, nice. If you, if you were strained, you know, if you came right. in, because every week another elder would be sharing and that would take like what, so they would sit down and they would um, seek out and, and say, okay, this is what the house needs right now as far as equipping is concerned. Right. So, so each elder would then, or, you know, or certain elders would be given a, the responsibility of bringing their way, their, um, you know, their gifting to share their perspective of that topic. Right. And, and so every week, you know, it was it was really really a interesting dynamic because you had different people sharing, and and they weren't all great orators. They weren't all right. great, you know preachers and and you know uh, profoundly. They would some of them would be would be pushing to move in the spirit. Some would be teachers. Some would be more prophetic. You know, and and I. I and they were young, young eldership. And I just, it really blessed me to see uh, that, you know, um, approach to, to equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, I feel they would, but, but they, they were really focused on building family. And I think that's the problem is many, many times the people are, don't want family because it means commitment. It means I've got to, um, I've got to open my life. I've got to be transparent. I've got to you know, engage people. I've got to be a bit more devoted to the people around me. Um, whereas coming and listening to a motivational, yeah. uh, you know, 
revelationary, prophetic, apostolic doctorate, you know, insight. That's true. It's become a motivational teaching time or a motivational whatever. So I can tick my box. I've heard a great message that maybe helped me how to pray five times better, you know, get <laughs> a, a ten, 10 times ROI on my, on my giving. You know, if, if I tithe every month, this is right. the way to have a ROI on it, you know, and, yeah. and so we go, we tick the box. We've been to church, listen to a great message that can help me through the week and uh, go back to life as normal. And, and like you oh. say, we're not be, you know, we're not raising a kingdom of priests um, and uh, and um, um, a royal nation, a royal priest, right. a holy nation, a special people called right. out ones to go and influence the world. We, we you know, we haven't done that. Right. So, um, I mean, it, and this is not just about. I think our conversation comes out of the fact that we <laughs> we were talking about okay, you know, finding this and. I, I don't know about others. Maybe, you know, I mean, maybe there's like super, super guys out there, you know, it's just like, but I really, when I first started in ministry, I was under so much pressure. So I would run from pastor meeting to pastor meeting. I wouldn't read books to feed me. I read books to find revelation. And, right. and right. I'd listen to hundreds of hours. Now it's all work to my good, but I've, I've listened to thousands of type cassette tapes and messages, not, not to to build me, but to get messages so that I've got something right. on Sunday, you know? That's right. And, and I, many years ago... Um, oh, I'd sound good. Uh, yes, I had to sound good. I mean, otherwise yeah. I'd go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, and I had no idea what it meant to build a family, to build a team. I, right. I had no idea what it meant to build. Nobody taught me that stuff. It was be anointed. You know, you've... Michelle said to me, she says, you weren't anointed, you were religious. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks. Eh? Yeah, thanks, babe. Appreciate you know, it. I thought I, thought I was an, the anointed man of God at that point in time. Go, no, you were religious. So I, she's, <laughs> the only reason she said that because I wanted to go to the beach and you wouldn't let me. <laughs> that's right. So that's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not just a, it's it's a, it's a culture, like you said, that we've developed and not, um, so we've got to begin to infuse and slowly begin to change this culture. Right. Right. Uh, the, the tough part for me is I know a lot of younger gentlemen that uh, are coming up right now uh, in ministry and whatever, and you do too. The problem is it's so easy to replicate whatever already is out there and is successful. Yeah. What I begin to wonder is, like it says in Ezekiel, you, thou son of man, show the house of the house of Israel. If they be ashamed of their iniquities, then show them the patterns thereof and the forms thereof and the ordinances thereof and all the laws thereof and the goings out and the comings in, you know, all that sort of stuff. The problem, the struggle I have, and this is just being honest, I've not been able to be at a place to show the house to the house. This is the way to do it. Here's the way walk ye in it. Um, 
I've had the ideas, I've got the concepts, but as far as having a working functional model for them to model after, um, I've tried several times, you know, like just doing something from the house. Uh, the only thing I fall back to right now is just working with individuals one-on-one -on -one or even a small group of people and just helping them into the fullness of who they are. So that's the only that's the only thing right now that is my fallback or that, that I'm doing because uh, I don't have a, quote, church. You know, I don't have this body that we that somebody can look at and say, oh, that's the model of how to do this because I don't have that. You know, I've got maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, a, 10 people that I work with on a consistent basis and that's it. And, but I guess that's all Christ had too. I mean, every now and then he had four and 5,000, but you know, he spent his life giving his life to those 12. And, um, uh, I guess it's not a bad thing. It's just, there is, I, I have not seen a good model out there right now of show the house to the house. And the thing is, you said something earlier about family. I'm sorry, I'm not meaning to shake my finger at you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, show the house. It's a house. It's a family. It's a. It's not just an organizational structure. It's a family, with God as our Father, and that's that's the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, because that's who He is, the King. And yes, we're kings and priests, but bring us somebody else up as a son of God. Let them know who they are as a son of God and bring them into that fullness and stature of Christ rather than bring them into my community, my social structure, my whatever it is, whatever my ideas are, bring them into that. That isn't, that's not going to help them. Exactly. They're going to propagate that. Yeah whatever that is, because that's their fallback. That's, that's all they know. Just like we've talked about before, if I tell you to go build a doghouse, you're going to build the doghouse, whatever you think a doghouse looks like. Right. And come to find out, I wanted an igloo style. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's, but you've already built this doghouse. So I go, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, I mean, that'll work. But that's not, it's not what he's building right now. He's not building that way. Uh, son of man uh, or son of God, uh, remember not the former things. Don't even consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. You know, this isn't about, we don't know how to do this. This is something as a son of God, we're going to have to, we need to find out from him what he's doing right now and then put our hand to that and agree with that as opposed to, overlaying what we've already known all these years for something like that but you see i mean in in um in hebrews it says that uh moses built the tabernacle according to the pattern that god Stone showed him yeah so exactly what he was shown the the every screw every um Tie down every you know every utensil, every part of the 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 cladding, the the tent, the whatever. Everything was exactly shown to him, and he handed it then to skilled workers who right. built it according to the pattern. Same goes for David. David gets a pattern to build the temple, 
but he's not the one building it. He gives it to his sons to build the, right. the, the pattern. And of course, Ezekiel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And so Ezekiel gets given a pattern and he doesn't get to build it either. That's and, true. And so um, we, 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 God has got a pattern and the pattern is upon this rock. Right. Um, I will build my church, you know, and right. the I will not prevail against it. And that rock is kingdom and kingdom is sonship, you know. Right. So God, God establishes the cornerstone of his building pattern with sons, with a son. Right. And, and he's the firstborn, the firstborn son of many sons. That's what right. chapter two tells us. And so we've got to go back to finding what is the original blueprint, not the cultural institutional uh, organizational understanding of what the blueprint is, but what is God's original blueprint for what he is building and what is building has been is and will be building because it's going to become critical in this hour. And, and I mean, right now with, it was interesting that CDC on uh, the two, three nights ago, whenever they popped on and they were just talking about this whole, um, pandemic thing that we're facing and they said the one thing that's going to have to be reviewed is church meetings and i thought that's interesting is they said you're going to have to go to homes and rather meet in small groups than in and what have i been saying for like two years already we need to be thinking right. about small groups you know right. it's like we, because it's not it's not going to be like it is forever <clears throat> right. just because it is like this doesn't mean it's going to and I'm, I mean, I'm just putting, inserting it into the current situation. Right. But um, where do we build family? Where do we build the model? Where do we right. see the blueprint and implement the blueprint of God into the, the, the culture of the day? Because what we're trying to do is adapt a current culture and we're adapting to a current culture. And that's, the whole problem is, is like, we don't want to be like the world, but we're doing exactly what the culture of the world does. That's right. So, That's yeah, right. What we, and what you said right in the beginning is like our idea of not fitting into the world is don't smoke, don't drink, um, wear padded bras. I mean, one, one lady from that same fellowship came over to my wife at a, at a, uh, at a church meeting in, in Cape Town, South Africa. And you understand it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she comes over and she goes, um, you're wearing a black dress and no stockings. Yeah, I'll give it. And you, I've, I've got stockings for you. Wear this. And Michelle came and stood next to me. And she goes, this woman just gave me stockings to wear. I said, you take it back right now and you tell her your husband said, take your stockings and stick it back in your bag. You know, you don't want it. I said so. And so she did that. <laughs> so um, Yeah, nylon stockings are hot. hot I mean, in Cape Town, which is humid and hot, it's yeah. crazy, you know? I've worn them before. I know. <laughs> okay, dear. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> That's another so, story. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I think we, 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 I've got this conflict of two cultures, the kingdom of God culture right. and, and a world culture or a, a religious culture. And we've got to we've got to begin to 
look at, and I agree, I, I mean, finding the model and, and showing the model, you know, showing the blueprint, I don't think we'll ever, you know, have you ever noticed, I'm jumping all over, the, yeah, but, but have you ever noticed that in, in the book of Acts, they never tell you how they did it. That's right. That's right. They That's probably because we have to be a sons of God, hearing uh, the voice of God. The whole the point was, was Acts chapter 2, the church is born and right. birthed into a supernatural Holy Spirit dimension. That's right. what it is. And the Holy Spirit led Peter, led Philip, led John. They all did different things at different times. Nowhere. It says they all met and they cried to the Lord and the Lord shook the place. Okay, how did they cry to the Lord? How did they all cry with one message? Yeah. How did they do that? We don't know. So we, we yeah. assume that it's going to be one guy shouting up the front. I, you know, is we just assume and we all propagate that because somebody back in 1912 uh, shouted from the pulpit and everybody shouted with them and the glory of God fell. And so now that's the way to do it. You know, and I broke did out it. in holy laughter. And yeah. Uh, yeah. so we, we try and propagate what's, what's God's used somebody in to propagate our own, you know, so we, we, we can't find the pneumatic cost for us. So we have to adopt somebody else's pneumatic cost. Right. Right. It's almost like we, we're people who try to operate by a formula. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not saying we don't have to learn and grow and, and follow others, but I think that's the whole point is, is we're just trying to copy Right. You know, rather right. than, you know, a formula rather than, and there's no formula. There is no formula. Right. Right. Something that I, uh, for some reason, I keep thinking about this morning. There's in Zechariah three, uh, it just talks about that um, Joshua, the high priest was standing before the Lord and it says Satan was at his right hand to accuse him. Now the word Satan, S A T A N. Uh, of course, is the Hebrew word Satan, which means accuser. I mean, that's that's who he is. You know, that's his name. <laughs> he's he's not going to do anything different than his name. You know, that's who he is. And so anyway, Satan is standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord finally says to Satan, who's standing at the right hand, because this guy, I mean, the, the high priest is standing there with filthy robes all over him. I mean, he's got all this filthy filthy clothing on he looks like a beggar and he's standing there because he's he's felt like he's done it wrong his whole life yeah and the lord then says to satan he says now you take off him those filthy rags wow and you put on him these fair clothes and this fair miter back on his head, restore the crown back to him. And then it says, and he turns to uh, Zechariah or Joshua, and he says, now I'm going to give you places to walk amongst those who stand by. Well, who's standing by? Satan and all the others that have accused or whatever else. It's like right now the Lord is saying, well, it's not like he has said, already satan you take off these men these sons of god you take off him those filthy rags that's a command right now that's an edict that's come from the king 
you take off these guys, all these guys, the filthy rags, you take off him, all that stuff that you put on him, all the accusations, all that stuff. Right now, you do it. And now here, here's the pile of nice, clean clothes. Here's the, here's the pile of the clothes for priesthood and kingship. You put those on him. You restore back to him that crown that I gave him. And then you have to stand by and watch him walk from now on. That's what's happening right now today. Even in those who are listening out there, whatever's happening right now, that's what's happening right now. The Lord has already put out an edict. The King of Kings has already said, no, these are my sons. You, Satan, you accuser, you have nothing more to have in these guys. And you take off him now all those filthy rags. And uh, like I've said before, uh, just like Lazarus, you know, when, when Lazarus was called forth, Jesus turned to the people next to him. And he said, now you loose him and let him go. Right now, Sean and I loose you. Amen. And I loose you, Sean. Thank you. And I let you go because we've had these grave clothes on. We've had these filthy rags on long enough. That's not who we are. Amen. I loose you and let you go. And it's time to be loosed and let go. It's time for that fair mitre, that crown that says holy unto the Lord being put back upon our heads because that's just who we are. Amen. Amen. And uh, he's giving us places now. And he's given all those who are listening to this right now places to walk amongst those who stand by. Satan's going to have to stand by and watch you now walk in the glory of the one who created you the glory of the one who put those robes upon you, clothed you with power from on high. You've already been clothed with power from on high. So now he's going to have to stand by and just watch. No more accusation. If it is, it's not going to stick. No more filthy rags. So. That's good. Yeah, no, you know, i just like to add to that is, is just – you know, from reading the book of Acts and, and just seeing the birth of this supernatural entity called the church, which is the agency to establish the kingdom of God in the earth, you know, is that there is no ABC one, two, three, this is how right. it's done. Right. Uh, it says they did that, but doesn't tell you how. And, right. and as, as kings and priests, you know, that's where we've got to find our initiative in the spirit of God. We've got to, we've, we've got to tap into that realm of the pneumaticos. We've got to become the spiritual people that step out of being mere humans contending for this one. And I think that's where the whole problem, you know, Paul says, some say I'm of Apollos, some say I'm of Paul, some say I'm of Christ. And he says, you're just mere humans when you're talking like that. You know, it's just like you've reduced yourself to, just the absolute average kind of human being that's carnal, fleshly, and thinks fleshly in mindedness and being sense knowledge. I think one of the, the, the weaknesses that the church is, is generated is a sense knowledge church. A, a right. church is basically all about experiences. I'm not saying experiences are not important, but when our focus is, is the experience, when we propagate experiences, that's when we're losing the edge that we have. <clears throat> And as a king and a priest, as a son of God, um, you and I and, and everybody listening, 
we need to find our the pneumaticos, um, the the spiritual things, the spiritual principles that God wants to use us in our gifting, our our calling, our mandate, where we are, because we're not all the same. We're not all going to do things the same, you know. And that's that's what I enjoy about our conversation, Steve, is because we 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 come from two different perspectives, and yet it's not competition. We're not trying to up on right. each other of who's got a greater idea. You know, you've got such insight into things that that is like so liberating for me, and and I enjoy that tremendously. You know, so um, and I think that's where we've got to find that's family. Family is like yeah. I I can. I can appreciate your gifting, your ability, and it's not in competition with me. Right. I don't feel superior. I don't feel inferior. I am who I am. You are who you are. But we've, through our sense knowledge kind of um, approach, what we've done is raised people to be competitive, to be somebody's more spiritual than me. Everybody feels inferior. It's subconscious. You know, they just like can't see themselves actually being the supernatural church that they are. Right. There's something else. uh, Just the nice thing about Zechariah three is it's followed by Zechariah four. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. I got a a text from a uh, young man um, last night and I didn't read it till this morning. And he's, uh, for probably the last 15 years or so, uh, he's a man that is a, a son of God. He's, he's, right now, he's just existing. Wow. And um, this is Zechariah 4, right after that, he says, now, what do you see? And he says, man, I don't even know anymore. After you fumble, after I messed it up in Zechariah 3, I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know really what I see. And he says, no, really, what do you see? And he says, I see a golden lampstand. And he says, with two olive trees, one standing on either side of it. And he says, what meaneth this? And he says, I have no idea what it means. I mean, I'm, I'm without, you go ahead and tell me. And he says that these are none other than two sons of oil that are planted on either side of this golden lampstand. Well, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, shineth on all the inward parts of his belly. Um, if you look on in, in the new covenant, it says that, uh, you are a, you are a light upon the hill or a candle upon the hill or whatever, you know, a candle that cannot be hid anymore. Um, there's a promise in the new covenant that you're a candle now that cannot be hid. That light that's in you cannot be hid. A lot of these guys right now are feeling like they're in the cave of Adullam. They're hiding there. They don't know what to do. Zechariah 4, right after, right after God says to Satan, now you put on him, you take off him all those filthy rags, all the rags of the past. Now you put on him this brand new clothing and the fair mitre. Right after that in, in 4, he says, this is what I'm showing you about your life. Maybe your light has gone out in the temple. Maybe it's just barely a flicker. But right now, I've put two sons of oil. I put these guys that are on either side of your candle. They pour oil into that candle day and night so that that fire, that flame, never goes out again in your temple. 
He says, because your temple is my temple. I bought and paid for that temple. You are mine, and I'm not going to let that fire go out in your temple again. And I put these two sons of oil. These guys are made out of olives. And these guys are made so that they pour oil into your candle day and night so that that fire never goes out again. That's what's on either side of you. That's what's on either side of me. And that's what's on either side of that young man that I, that I saw this morning, uh, you know, the text from. And I thought, there's so many guys out there right now that feel like their candle is just barely flickering, just barely hanging on. And I'm telling you right now that God has already done this. Not only did he take away all those filthy rags, but he's put these two sons of oil on either side of you so that they pour oil into that fire, into that candle day and night, so that your fire never goes out again. Absolutely. And that's the thing is, you know, I just just want to remind you, you know, we are birthed in the supernatural. Right. You know, Holy Spirit. We are the Holy Spirit people on the earth today. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. You know, I was saying to somebody the other day, is like it, they were going, yeah, but we don't see everybody walking in their, you know, in their authority. And I said, you know, the question is not, are you walking in your benefits? The question is, are you a citizen of this country? You see, right. you come, if you come as an immigrant to America, becoming a, a citizen is like a big thing. Huh? We're going to be on that process. We've got three more Thanksgivings and then we become a citizen, you know? And so... And so the, the fact is, is that um, I don't have access to the benefits that you do simply because you are a citizen. I, I'm still out of those benefits until I become a citizen. And when I become, but now the beauty is, is that we are born again into citizenship of the kingdom right. of heaven. And so you are a citizen. Your significance is there. You're not an alien. You're not a stranger. You're not, you know, outside, removed from the commonwealth anymore. You're part of that. But that commonwealth, you have to grow and take advantage of. So you can be living, there are people living in America right now that are citizens living on the street. They have the same access to all the benefits and everything else that everybody else does. They're just not making use of those benefits. In fact, immigrants come here and make better use of That's the true. benefits and That's the opportunities true. within the context of this amazing country. And so, um, but citizens are sleeping under bridges because they don't access the benefits. And the same as the kingdom of God. We, you are significant as a kingdom citizen. You are significant. You can't, I mean, you need to... Get with the with the with the concept again that you know we are kings and priests, a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. You know, is like we we have authority, we have access, we've been given everything that we need, and so your life is significant. It's not about your position, your title, your job description, your function. Um, you know, which organization you lead or don't lead, or pastor or prophet or apostle pro. I mean, we saw one church that was a Baptist, Charismatic, Roman Catholic. Um, <laughs> it's in Carolinas, we were driving through, and it had this long name on the front of it. It's just like I said to I said to my sons, I said they're just trying to make themselves all inclusive, man. <laughs> so many times, that's what we think we've got to be this like functional member of an organization to be significant, but 
The fact is, is that when we're living that, that significance of who we are in him, we, we are influential. We are communicating something. We are living that. And that's, we've, we've got to get to the value and the worth of that again. You know, it's just. Yeah. Probably the most honest church sign I've ever seen is not too far away uh, in a city near here in Tyler. And uh, I passed by it one day and I, I told my son, I said, I got to go back and take a picture of this. It says Jerry's Temple. <laughs> and I thought, that guy's the first honest guy I've seen. You know, it's, it's his. It's not somebody, it's not Christ, it's his, you know? So they have, you know, the youth group is Jerry's kids, you know, and I mean, they've got, you know, I mean, you know, what, what do you, this, it's this guy's. And uh, I thought, you know, that, that is so truthful, but yet, uh, cause I've heard, I mean, you and I both been to many pastoral meetings and stuff and they say my church, uh, my elders, uh, my people, my uh, sons, yeah, my sons. Uh, my three sons, uh, you know, all those things are just, um, we take possession of something that is not ours. Yeah. You didn't and, pay for it, man. Yeah. 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 So now to, now to get back to, like you said, a different culture with a different kingdom, with a different father, with a different king, and to represent that kingdom and that king um, takes a totally different mindset. Yeah. And that's, um, that's why I said, you know, these, all that old stuff has been taken off of us. Amen. And, um, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Now you go. And so now we can go in his authority, in his, in his place, in his stead to build what he is building and not to continue to try to build some, whatever it is we've always done, according to some pattern that's not that like you said is the world pattern so you know it's time to get back to whatever it is he's building and honestly when you think about it what we're doing right now is exactly what christ did anyway is just taking the two the four the ten the twelve that are given to us and just pour your life into them and not he didn't try to build the church even though he said i will build my church well the thing is <laughs> What is, you know, we come back to, and I don't want to get into that now, but what is the definition of at that point in time? Because that's where I, the mindset has to shift, you know. Because right, right. Church is that one, that two, those two, those three. That is the church. And, and the fact yeah. is they would, they would be the ones that would establish the kingdom of God in the earth. Right. And, and how they connect that. and function with each other. Because it says the body is only as strong as that which every joint supplieth not the bone exactly so it's the joint that supplies not not the individual it's how we connect together and once again going back to that word family mm, yeah that's good well we'll pick up on that again next week um i think we can keep talking family and uh, and I, you know the the thing about it is steve we might not have a living model in, in you and I right now of that, except that we are building the church as far as people are concerned, taking the individual, building into them. And, um, but I'm trusting that here in Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group that 
with our discussion and on our podcast, the pod, this recording goes onto the podcast as well, but that we can inspire people just to search out the principles and the truths and the spirit of the word of God and what God is wanting to do in the earth and begin to you know, implement some of this stuff in their life, in their surroundings, in their community, right. in, the town, in their city, in their country, you know, in their continent. So right. that, that's what I'm trusting is that we may not have it. I don't sit here and, and I know you don't, we don't sit here know, having all the answers, but we're really wanting to inspire and provoke thinking and provoke a new mindset to say, wait a minute, you know, let's go and have a look at the scriptures again. I mean, you can see we're not sitting here doing Bible studies and, you know, um, you know, teaching. We're just really having a conversation, which has been our method over years. Steve and I have got together, just had a discussion and that's inspired me and I know it's inspired Steve yeah. to relook at things and say, you know, establish things, relook at it and say, how can we implement it? How can we share it with others? And that's what we are. That's why we're doing this is really to inspire. We're not trying to say that we have a better idea than you or, or that we know it all. That's not the idea at all. Just really is from our experience, from our journey, from our understanding in, in the spirit is just to really ignite and provoke you to think, about where you are, what you're doing, and how you are adapting to which culture. Um, right. And that's really the bottom line of it. And that's what fell off of me too when I even read that Zechariah 4 again or spoke about it is, you know, I said we don't have a working model of how to do this. All of a sudden, when I read that, all that fell off of me. I yeah. do have a working model. I'm, exactly. doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And yeah. so all of a sudden, all that filthy rags fell off of me. Yes, good. Amen. So I'm not trying to attain. I'm not trying to perform anymore, trying to get something that's elusive that I thought was a pattern or a model. And now just continue to do what I'm doing yeah. until it gives me further instructions. So. Right. Exactly. Battery. My, my computer battery just ran out. Uh oh. To I forgot to plug it in. So um, now, absolutely, and that, and that's that's that is you know the beauty of it is like, um, and when God speaks, right, that's, that's when we move. You know, and I'm not prepared to move until God speaks, right? Because yeah. I I do not want to initiate anything in the flesh. I do not want to initiate anything because I've got to prove something to anybody. I will initiate what when God speaks. When God reveals this is the moment this is the hour this is what i want you to do then i'll do it in fact i'd love to get a lady to come on i want to interview her how an angel appeared to her and gave her a a, a scroll to eat and she and she read the scroll she said read and eat and she read the scroll and she said this is not for me i'm an immigrant in this country and and um, and and the angel said i'm a messenger from god eat read and eat that's the message. So she ate, she said, and she swallowed the thing and it was hot. And suddenly something began and it's burst a global um, kind of move, if you want to call it, whatever, you know, it's something's happening globally um, in, in the small group realm. And that it's been very, I met with her for lunch twice and just 
she wanted to glean where she is and what's happening and stuff. And, and so I thought it was Paul Youngie Cho did that too. You know, he had that, whatever it is, 200,000, 20,000, I forget how many, but anyway, his main, his main thrust at that time was let's get them into smaller groups. So they have more family orientation. Right. And that, and that's exactly what it is. We've got to see that spirit coming back into the church, you know, where we had that generational um, maturity and growth, etc., and processing them. Anyway, I, we've run out of time on the video here, so I'm I'm going to end it right now and uh, say thank you very much for your time, Steve. Uh, good to yeah. have you with us again. Hallelujah! And um, <laughs> such revelation. Yes, amen. Um, I don't know why we got to put a nana. Yes. So while you take out your Steve's joke. Yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Okay, so um, really great to have you with us. If you're hopping on, um, please jo- give us a comment below and let us know. Um, what stood out to you? Any highlights? Um, anything you want to add? <laughs> Steve and I, we're definitely not insecure about, about anybody's point of view and uh, anybody's uh, insights. Um, and uh, if you think we're wrong, then or in some area, correct us. We don't mind at all. Uh, this is not about us um, anyway. So, all right. So thanks very much. Have a super day and a super weekend, uh, Steve, and to everybody else listening in. Appreciate you, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye.